when God becomes dissatisfied with Saul's leadership, God sets out to find a new king. If you hadn't noticed, God's standards are a bit different from ours. God's primary interest is not in the candidate's domestic or foreign policy agendas, nor national or homeland defense policies, or even the new king's concern and way to address the new growing budget deficit. God's not particularly concerned about whether or not the new king is photogenic or not for television. God's concern is the heart. In 1 Samuel 13, 14, Samuel tells Saul, But now your kingdom will not continue. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him to be ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Ominous words for Saul. As I've considered how King David, and we know King David was far from perfect, we know the sordid tale of Bathsheba, David and Bathsheba, and other things. But as I've considered about how David was a person after God's own heart, I keep coming back to the Hebrew word kesed. Kesed. In the psalm that we read together, or that was a part of our litany, chosen for NBC's 100th anniversary, the word kesed is in that psalm, as well as in many other psalms, and it's translated as steadfast love. But like a lot of Hebrew words, there really isn't a one-to-one way that you can say this is what kesed means. It's more than than being sentimental or emotional. It indicates loyalty to the covenant, loyalty to one's commitments, mercy, loving kindness. It's a big word. Consider the text for this morning, David, one after uh, one after God's own heart practices kesed in his relationship. David has sworn, if you recall, his eternal loyalty to Jonathan, Saul's son, and to Jonathan's family. And so David sets out to discover if there's anyone still alive from Jonathan's family, from Saul's family, who can benefit from David's kindness or kessed, his covenant loyalty to Jonathan. And David finds Mephibosheth, who we know is lame in both feet. It's early, we hear it early, and then when we get to the end of the text, if we've forgotten, we're reminded again. You see, when Mephibosheth was little, his nurse, upon learning that Mephibosheth's father, grandfather, and uncles have been killed by the Philistines, takes Mephibosheth and flees. And in the process, she drops him. Drops him. And permanently injures both feet. So David, as a witness to Kassid, his covenant loyalty invites Mephibosheth to come live with him. 
Being a person after God's own heart means practicing steadfast love, covenant loyalty. Just as David was a person after God's own heart, you as the people in this place are called to be people who practice kessed in your relationship with each other and your community. But like Mephibosheth, we all come to this situation with injuries, with challenges. We struggle. Some of us are spiritually challenged. Some of us have hurts and wounds and scars. Past experiences, successes, and failures have created major challenges to our practicing chesed in our relationships with each other. I don't know what your challenges are. We all have them. Some of ours are just less visible than others, right? I call on you to name those challenges and offer them up to a loving God who practices kesed in relationship to us. I challenge you to grow beyond whatever it might be in your lives individually as well as corporately that might keep you from practicing covenant loyalty with each other. It's a holy covenant, and my prayer is, is that you will continue to love through your failures, your successes, your triumphs, that you will be loyal and loving enough to speak the truth in love to each other as a matter of course. Take note, the McLean community, the larger community, yea, the Baptist community, the faith community, they watch and know whether or not you practice kesed in your relationships. In the early 70s, your pastor at that time, Tom Jackson, wrote a hymn entitled, We Are Called to Be God's People, showing by our lives his grace. One in heart and one in spirit, sign of hope for all the race. Let us show how he has changed us and remade us as his own. Let us share our life together as we shall around his throne. Practice kessed in our relationships. Live up to your calling, your challenge, your reason for existence, and be people after God's own heart. Practice covenant loyalty, steadfast love. After the 1982 earthquake in Armenia, a father went to the school where his son had attended, desperately worried about his son's safety. He frantically began digging through the rubble, looking for his son. At 38 hours of digging, he heard a sound. Fourteen of the 33 children were still alive. He could see his son. And his son yelled out, Dad, Dad, I knew you would come. I told the other kids that if you were alive, you would come dig us out. That to me is a picture, a picture of God who is loyal and faithful in relationship to us.
who never leaves us, even in the storm, even in the earthquake, who always seeks to make contact with us, who speaks to us, is there for us, leads us, guides us, that God loves us and continues to dig through the rubble of our lives, seeking to find us, reclaim us, and set us free. So what do the next hundred years bring for NBC? Well, you and I will be gone. Let's just get that out there. (laughs) At least I hope I am. I hope I'm not 167. The faces will change. They always do. They always have. In the pastor's office, there's a copy of Rembrandt's The Return of the Prodigal Son. I understand that it's one of Michael's favorites. I've preached a sermon based on that beautiful, beautiful painting. In fact, Henry Nouwen wrote a book, The Return of the Prodigal. The original, though, is in the Hermitage in St. Petersburg, Russia. In the book, Leading Without Power, Finding Hope in Serving Community, Max Dupree tells of the work of the staff in the Hermitage during World War II. In the seemingly hopeless summer of 1941, as Nazi soldiers neared St. Petersburg, the museum staff packed up Thousands of paintings and sculptures, all sorts of treasures, and shipped them east away from the Germans who would have destroyed them. It was a dark, tragic time. The museum staff, however, left the empty frames and pedestals in their proper places in the museum as a sign of their conviction that someday they would be able to restore it all. And believe it or not, there are photos of docents giving tours of the museum during the war, pointing to the empty frame or pedestal and describing what would have been there, should have been there, and they were doing it from memory. That's what leadership is. That's the leadership that McLean Baptist Church needs from you. To be sensitive to what God is about in the world and what God wants to do through McLean Baptist Church. And to be so sensitive that you are able to describe what should be there, to see, to describe, to inspire others to see. That is your work as you move into the second 100 years of the life of this congregation. I challenge you to listen to God and help each other catch a vision of what should be in the empty frame that's the next 100 years. And that is done, that is done in community by practicing chesed within this community of faith. May the people of McLean Baptist Church be a people after God's own heart. The members 
of MBC understand that covenant making and covenant fidelity are important? When you became a member of McLean Baptist Church, you made a covenant with the other members. I urge you to practice kessed, steadfast love, covenant faithfulness, covenant loyalty. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be.